You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, you thought there was a whole bunch of shit that we had to talk about last week when it was really just one list? Nope. We have a whole bunch more shit to talk about today. Uh, We are going to be going on with our lists. This week, we're going to talk about the top 10 mic workers, the people who use the microphone the best in all of professional wrestling, not just WWE. Uh, We're also going to be making our NXT TakeOver In Your House predictions with our Pro Wrestling Scorecard. So you can go to ProWrestlingScorecards.com right now, fill out your own Pro Wrestling Scorecard, and possibly sign up for that free digital beta it's free you sign up you're involved with all of the other people in the fucking thing and you get to see how you stack up against everyone and then last week we started off with it for a little bit but we're going to get into a lot more with the things that are going on in wrestling this week because i mean the things that are going on in the world this week because it's really transitioning into a lot of what's going on in wrestling so we're getting into all that and more this week as we break the ring down Professional wrestler and professional podcaster Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlet Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to. And you're listening. And you're listening to. You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Break it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring, and we are your ring crew. Smitty. Nick. And Z. And me, the all-Mikey one, Mikey himself. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, just to give you a inch. Uh, info just before we go into anything that we're talking about today we put up a brand new uh breaking down the ring pride shirt onto our website if you go to breakingdownthering.com uh when you purchase this shirt 30 percent of the total cost is going to go help support lgbtq uh youths um the reason we chose i chose 30 percent is uh for a couple of reasons number one the uh, the rate of suicide uh with uh, these youths are um is like four times higher it's like 30 percent of 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 the youths which is four times higher than the rate of straight uh kids who aren't fighting with this uh and that's the ones who are out the ones who are still in the closet and uh, haven't come out to anyone that rate is two times higher than uh normal straight kids uh i guess regular straight you know straight kids just not regular i'm normal heterosexual i'm not i'm I'm just uh, you know uh so basically there's no reason that this should be happening 
Um, if somebody is gay, if somebody is bisexual, if somebody is straight, there's no reason that, that, that they should feel like they're less than because of their sexuality. But handling that stuff, going through that stuff mentally and emotionally on top of dealing with whatever the fuck you're dealing with, with parents being assholes, sometimes friends being assholes all the time. Um, there's no reason that they shouldn't have someone to talk to, to help get them out. So that's what the 30% is going to, it is going to help support the, uh, the use of the community. And this sure, this is pride month. That's when the shirt is up, but this 30% charity doesn't stop when June stops this, the entire time we are selling this shirt, 30% of that shirt is going of what you pay for that shirt is going to uh, the charity. We already, we've sold one shirt. Uh, again, I put it up yesterday. We sold one shirt. So already we've been, uh, it said that we donated $7 and 20 cents. So breaking down the ring.com, get yourself a pride shirt and help contribute to uh, making sure that everyone, no matter what their sexuality as a child can grow up to be a nice, great, productive human. Uh, in the world as they should be. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the shit that's going on in the world. Uh, we dabbled into it last week, basically just saying we're not a political show, but this is not political. This is a humanity issue in the world. Um, so many people uh, fighting for Black Lives Matter, um, regardless of what is coming out of any side politically, there are, you know, Democrats, there are Republicans who are idiots on both sides. Um, we said that we basically are just real quick. We, we are for all of the peaceful protests. We are for everything. What happened to George Floyd, uh, was absolutely horrendous. Let's not don't forget, um, people like Breonna Taylor, who just celebrated, a, uh, who would have celebrated her birthday the last couple days. Um, she was also uh, killed because police went into her house with a warrant um, because there was suspicion of drugs uh, being sold out of her house. And so she uh, passed away. You know, then you got all, all just look, man, it, it's not like it's something fucking new, right? Uh, Trayvon Martin, Tamir yeah. Rice. Go ahead. Yeah, keep, keep naming them, Smitty. I was going to say, I was just about to shoot way back, though, because uh, Emmett Till. You, know, you, had, you had the you had the, the Rodney King beatings in fucking 92, which started off riots and stuff like that. Uh, for 56 years, um, black people have had the ability to, all of the Jim Crow laws were kind of, uh, look, the Jim Crow laws were fucking removed finally after 56 years, uh, 56 years ago. But that was like 120 fucking years after they were told that they, uh, black people were told that they weren't equal and they were going to get their fair shot. So it's, it's not like uh, this is, shouldn't be fresh in anybody's mind. Like every time someone says, oh, but you weren't a part, like dude, 56 fucking years ago, right? That fucking, like a little bit more than that maybe. It was like, yeah, 19... 68 7 something like that I thought, was, ridiculous. I, I thought it was 52 years ago I, I posted a thing because martin luther king was assassinated 52 years ago and it passed six days after he was assassinated all right so yeah 52 years 50 fucking years man dude fucking grandmothers are older than that right now most uh, most people i know parents are a little older than that right now. Um, so it's not like it's 
fr- it's not fresh. It's not, oh, there were uh, slaves or everything, all these borders. Like, no, that it still fucking affects people to this day. Now, I want Smitty to speak a little bit on what he's been dealing with. Uh, he didn't really want to talk too much last week. It was really fresh. He still doesn't want to talk too much this week. But he's our friend. As much as we give him shit, we love him. And this is something that uh, he has obviously been dealing with his whole life. Look at him. He's an African-American male. And he, regardless of where he's grown up, which is the city of Detroit, it does not change the fact that he has had to deal with a lot of stuff in a negative light because of the color of his skin. So Smitty, with all of this going on, when George Floyd was first murdered, Memorial Day, uh, to now, when there's uh, lawmakers in the Congress trying to push things a little bit more forward, you have the Atlanta mayor designating a Black Lives Matter dis- uh, piece right in front of the White House in the district where the entire Black Lives Matter was written on the street. Um to a lot more stuff coming up because a lot of people have cell phones now, you know, uh, with good video, not just bullshit video. Uh, how have you been seeing, uh, are you been proud of the protests? Have, are you feeling like this could be different? Cause that's what a lot of people are saying is they feel like this could be different. Cause it's not just black people marching anymore. Now it's everyone's marching, including tons of countries outside of the U S. Uh, I really feel like this is the first time I've seen where I feel like there's real hope change um i've been out to some of these protests here in detroit honestly like because um i look one of the quotes from my little king is that just as sometimes silence because of betrayal i can't just sit back and keep watching when all this happened um uh i've i'm tired i'm emotionally drained from all of this right now and social media even though it puts light on a lot of things, it's also pissing me off even more because some of these things I see is like, stop, just like, I get like the police brutality thing. Like you need, pro- like there's proof needs to be shown, but some of this stuff, people are just still just sitting by and watching while it happens. And that's one of the things that pissed me off. And then just some people's ignorance still at this point. You see what's going on in the world, but you just turn the other. You just turn the blind eye. Mm-hmm. So, as a, yes, as a black man, I have been mistreated throughout parts of my life, and it's I'm, I'm just still trying to be hopeful at this point right. in life. I'm I'm just done. Oh, really, just done. And yeah, you can't even argue that, man. I mean, there's a, obviously a lot of people, uh, not even just African-Americans, are kind of done. Like that was, like, it, I think what I was watching on the news, uh, someone said it best. They were like, look, uh, I, it was Van Jones, actually. Van Jones was like, look, man, you know, one, two minutes into this, that video, uh, the George Floyd video, he's like, one, two minutes into it, you're like, all right, he's there subduing him. He goes, but then you get to minute three, minute four, minute five, minute six, minute seven, minute eight, minute you know, damn near minute nine, it's no longer a justifiable thing that's going on. And regardless, uh, you know, he, he said that you can look at all, all these other videos, you know, um, it, it, there's always some sort of sliver of, yeah, but he may have been resisting or yeah, he may have been larger than anyone. Yeah. There was a warrant to go in her house. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh, all these things like that, where there was always this possibility of a, yeah, but, this video kind of makes takes all of that away 
because there can't, there isn't a single person who can look at the video of what happened to George Floyd, regardless of what their support is. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, ultimate racists are probably the only ones that can look at this and go, "Yeah, you, you should have been like treated like that." No decent human being, regardless of affiliation to party, affiliation to race, anything, can look at that and go. That man was treated the way a criminal or anyone being arrested should have been treated, regardless of the crime. But any decent alleged person, counterfeit, a twenty dollars possible twenty dollars counterfeit bill. But that's there isn't a single person that's decent that can look at that video and go, "That was handled correctly." It wasn't. It was completely disgusting, uh, an ab- abomination of things, and. So therefore, that might be also helpful. You know, thank God that these people didn't stop recording uh, until it was over. Thank God that these people had, there's been security cameras and you could see how every little aspect of this played to where you can go, he wasn't resisting arrest. The dude was arrested on the ground before the other cops got there to start this shit up. You know, um, getting away from that and this, we're going to bring it into why we're talking about this today is a lot of people in wrestling are speaking on this. Um, the Rock cut a eight minute an eight minute promo uh, asking, "Where are you? Uh, where is the compassionate leaders that help bring the country together during this?" Um, I and many people uh, took this as a quick little shot to Trump. Uh, but as well as the people on the ground, it's like, Hey, come on, stand the fuck up. You know, this isn't just about the guy running the country. This is all about the people in the country because everyone should be standing up being compassionate leaders as to why this is a big time issue. Why it's black lives matter. Fuck Randy Orton, uh, stepped out of the all lives matter thing. And he fucking posted black lives matter last week or two weeks ago. And Randy Orton's been one of those guys that's been like, no, all lives matter. But then someone called him out and he goes, no, you're not. What I didn't realize is that all lives can't matter until black lives matter as well. It's never been black lives only matter. uh, Black lives matter more. It's, hey, no, we matter as well, equally. Um, So The Rock cut that major promo. uh, Heartfelt. I honestly thought he was about to throw his hat into the race and be a third party candidate for the 2020 presidential election the way that was going off around minute six or seven. Smitty, when uh, that video came out, obviously we posted it to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash BDRcast. What were your um, initial thoughts listening to it and watching it? Uh, my initial thought was he, he's he 100% correct about the leadership in this, in this nation, in this country. Uh, where are, the, where, especially when he kept saying, where are you when we need you the most? Um, but also, to a certain degree, I'm like, what took him so long to speak up at this point, too? But that's a personal thing. Um, but still, it, it's valid. Let's not pretend like it's not valid because it's not like he said anything. Um, until I mean, he didn't say anything until shortly after Trump's uh, conversation. Trump's, uh, yeah, yeah the, the whole Trump uh, using riot police to clear out a church while photo op. Yep peaceful protest. Yeah. He didn't say anything until it was after that. So, but go ahead continue. So your initial thought took you so long, but yeah, what took you so long, but you do have a point. We're like, feel like we live right now. um, Trump said the nation's laughing at us. No, the nation's actually standing with us at this point. Yep. It's just like the person like, what took you so long, but you do have, he has valid points and everything he was saying in that video. (sighs) 
Uh, Nick, you heard that uh, video. You saw The Rock. Uh, what were your thoughts? <clears throat> I thought, you know, he hit the nail on the head from the first second of that video till he cut it off. And, um, you know, with, with his repeated, you know, where are you? The first thing that I thought in my head was, yeah, it was a shot at Trump and, and our leaders. And I feel like this, if this was going on, you know, four or five years ago, um, Barack Obama would have been on television speaking to the nation. If this were to have been happening 15 years ago, George Bush would have been on television speaking to the, to the country about what's going on and, and, you know, trying to band us all together one way or another for, you know, whatever reason, but where has our, our leader been? He's, he's been nowhere in that capacity. So, um, I think the rock is a, a really strong voice to, to say what he said. What was disheartening to me was, you know, I went through and I read a lot of the comments on his post on Twitter and, you know, it, it, it just is showing a lot of people's true colors. And, you know, I don't know any of these people that are commenting on his post, but, you know, some of the things they're saying had really nothing to do with anything he said in the video, but they're just being complete assholes. And I don't even want to use the term insensitive, just ignorant, you know? Right. Um, so, but part of me would love to see the rock run for president just because, <laughs> you know, I, I think some of his, uh, videos like that i just think he's got some some good ideas i think it'd be really interesting but um the, the video was great i think it's something that we need to see more of celebrities do and uh you know yeah well john bogea uh, from star wars was protesting in london and just apparently he's 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 living in fear that he will be blackballed from hollywood right now oh okay boyega you said yeah. gay. I was like, what? Uh, Z, you saw this the Rock video. What were your thoughts? <clears throat> About the same as everybody else's. Uh, again, it sounded like a shot at Trump, and I didn't really read more into it than that. You know, that's how I took it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I <clears throat> like Nick. I would also vote for the Rock uh, in a heartbeat. Just, I mean. Just A, because I'm biased. Plus, I get four <laughs> years, of, at least four years of him cutting promos at the White House. So that would be cool. Um, <clears throat> you know, have it written on his forearm right there. Right. All his speeches. No. Four years of finally, The Rock has come back to the Rose Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, if, and if he started every debate like that, they wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> no. no. <clears throat> Start rock bottoming people left and right. Come um, up here with a tie that looks like fruity pebbles. <laughs> yeah, you you could definitely tell the video was. I mean, obviously not scripted. It was straight from the heart and full of emotion, and as it should be. So mm. I mean, it it was great to see, and like we, you know, everyone else touched on. More people need to. More people in that position of power, uh, so to say, need to start. You know speaking their minds on the topic yeah. and you know 
doing some good as well. Uh, but that's, you know, we've covered it basically. Uh, my thoughts are just like everyone else's thoughts. The only thing I then went into is, could you imagine someone trying to get be rock speechwriter, right? Like here, here, Mr. Johnson, we have, we have this for you. And he goes, and he just look at him and go, what? who in the blue hell are you? And they try to say his name. It doesn't matter what your name is. The rock comes out with his own speeches. He doesn't need you to come up here. Vince McMahon couldn't get the rock to talk Uh about what he wanted him to talk about. The rock wrote it on his forearm. If he wasn't going to remember. Now, now imagine being at a debate. Oh, what's your name again? It doesn't matter. <laughs> that just uh, obviously, but yeah, it was it was a hundred percent emotional, hundred percent directed to Mark. Like you said, you could tell it wasn't scripted. He just talked. You could tell it wasn't a huge fucking production. The dude was standing off center as shit from the camera. You know, it was just it, it, it was him speaking from his heart, letting things out, uh, and in a pure emotional way, in a way that he addressed everything. Cause he didn't just say black lives matter. He said, yes, of course, all lives matter. And you know, went, went further into it like that. So I agree. I thought it, I thought it was great. I thought he hit the nail on the head and you could, you sit there for eight minutes and you were more intrigued, more pulled in by everything that he said than anything in wrestling that has gone on since edge came back. Right. Like there were like, sure. They cut good promos and stuff. Edge and Randy Orton sometimes, but yeah, Jesus, you were just sitting there going, Goosebumps, Rock. Goosebumps. Moving on from The Rock bringing people together to uh, Jackson Riker, uh, who may have destroyed his entire uh, WWE career with a tweet. Uh, Shortly after uh, Trump did that press conference in the Rose Garden where he was saying he's with for all the peaceful protests uh, which was at the exact same time that he sent people out to destroy a peaceful protest. He's literally saying, I'm for this, as he's fucking killing one of them. Uh, you know, normal shit for our president. Say one thing, do another. Uh, well, threaten us in the military out? Uh, yeah, no, it was already after that. Uh, so then Jackson Riker puts out a tweet, and he goes, thankful for the POTUS we have. God bless America, built of freedom, forgotten no more. Um, Kevin Owens went in on him. <laughs> Kevin Owens definitely went in on him. Kevin Owens uh, quoted a tweet and said, hey, man, I'm totally for you with the freedom of speech that you get to have on this platform. What really pisses me off is you decided to invoke your shitty catchphrase into the tweet expressing your uh, feelings. Um, and then going into even more things like, so a lot of people pissed off at Jackson Riker and then CM Punk took a shot at AJ Styles. Uh, he put up a a tweet, um, that said a lot of people snitching on themselves. When people tell you who they are, believe it might be unfortunate and disappointing if you're a fan of that person or if it's your grandmother, but fuck them. Goodbye. And then in parentheses, I yield my time. Fuck you. And then someone commented, uh, right? Silent speaks volume. Seeing AJ Styles promote streams and shit, but couldn't be bothered to post anything made it clear how he feels. That was a tough unfollow. And Punk responded to that. And he goes, well, come on. That one has been obvious for years. So it's 
there's a lot of wrestlers who have come out just saying as little as hashtag Black Lives Matter to uh, people like Mustafa Ali, who's out there just trying to help people understand with a patience and uh, tolerance that I could never have. You know, uh, one that we posted to our Facebook was this guy just said he doesn't trust Muslims. He never hasn't. And so Mustafa Ali is like, well, why don't you trust Muslims? And the guy commented why. And then Mustafa Ali gave like four tweets trying to help this guy understand that not everyone's bad. He's like, you're just, just like you're saying that not all police are bad because a few of them are assholes. Doesn't mean that all Muslims are bad because of radical ones. Uh, you know, he goes, I'm a Muslim. My wife is a Muslim. My child who is still learning how to poop is a Muslim, you know? Um, there's been a lot of reactions, a lot more tolerance, uh, than can be even exceeded in my personal life. Like, man, I'm, I could never do what Mustafa Ali did there and what he's still doing to other people. That's not the first time he did, did that to the point where he said, and everyone don't go fucking blasting where this guy works because we're not trying to get him fired. He doesn't need another reason to hate people. Like, let him go. Let him let him work. We're in a fucking recession and a uh, you know economy. Shit. Let the man live. Just let's give it a day. Smitty, is there some? Are there things coming out during this wrestlers that you're like, holy fuck? Or uh, are there any um, wrestlers that you're more sad that they didn't speak up, similar to what CM Punk was saying for AJ Styles? Yeah, I was surprised with the AJ Styles thing. Uh, Punk's statement on backstage was um, something that kind of made me happy. It made me more of a Punk fan. Um, there was also like Tammy Lynn Sanchez, Linda Hogan's tweets, like just like "full fuck them." So sunny day, sunny sunny days are behind her, been behind her for years now. And um, Linda, Linda Hogan, why didn't you change your change last name back when? You got rid of Terry. Uh, that's how I found out that, that Hulk Hogan was, was never allowed at AEW shows. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that either. He's like, you're banned along with your husband. And I was like, well, they're not married anymore. But Yeah, so there, was, there are some people that are just like, it's wrestling. It's professional wrestling. I'm an African-American wrestling fan. I've always known that this, this type of thing, like, they, I'm a niche audience to most wrestling. Uh, platforms. Uh, there are a lot of African American wrestlers that are like are more famous on like smaller promotions and indies. That are talking about how some bookers won't have them after all the Black Lives Matter stuff. Mm-hmm. Another guy who came out and surprised me was Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan um, has a promotion out in uh, California somewhere, and he said if anybody won't book you, you hit me up when this is over, and I'll and I'll book you. So, mm-hmm. um, as a African American wrestling fan, I know some promotions I may not be wanting to watch anymore. I may have to take my eyes away from. But um, uh, some like I'm happy about a lot of how a lot of wrestling media has come out, and yeah, let's still dis- disappointed. Like there are people I'm fans of mm-hmm. that um, what is they silence because betrayal at a certain point. Yeah. Um. In response to the Jackson Riker tweet, <clears throat> oh, Batista went on him too. Yeah, it's, I had it all pulled up, but I just skipped right over it. Uh, besides what Kevin Owens said, uh, Steve Cutler, who is in the tag team, he goes, uh, "Although I am part of a tag team, 
while I wrestle. I am my own person with my own thoughts and beliefs. It pains me to see what's going on in the world. I fought for the freedom of our country and all of the people who live here. It shouldn't matter your race or however you identify. We are all human beings and all deserve to be equal. <clears throat> Wesley Blake had a tweet quoted from Tony Dungy and said, I will never understand. However, I stand. Um, and those are the people that are in his tag team. You know, uh, Cutler is, you know, they're talking about how they're uh, Marines and fought for the country. Cutler and Riker were the only two. And it was like, you know, uh, Wesley Blake is like, but I stand with them. So that's coming out from their tag team. Uh, Mustafa Ali uh, said, I'm thankful you posted this because I'm now aware of what you stand for. When black brothers and sisters are crying, you praise someone that refuses to acknowledge their hurt. Ricochet, I get you're a bad guy on TV and I'm hoping that this, that's all this is. Even then that ain't it. But if this is actually your true thoughts, I'll be really sad, man. Uh, Batista just said, I'll pass. I don't let ignorant motherfuckers get in my pocket. Um, somebody tweeted out uh, in response to Riker's thing, um, Hangman Page saying, uh, would you politely please shut the fuck up? And then Hangman commented under that and was like, politely, uh, standing his. Uh, Joey Janela, someone is going to take a nice shit in your gear bag. Uh, Sami Zayn literally built on oppression. Uh, Austin Aries lay off the red Kool-Aid dude. That shit's bad for your health. No, the blue Kool-Aid isn't any better. Fake colors are fake colors. Uh, and yeah, so Nick, you see all this stuff coming out. Wrestlers not saying anything. Wrestlers going against Jack Jackson Riker, who is 100% all about the president in that tweet. Um, what were your, what are your thoughts and feelings? Well, again, it's going back to, you know, you're seeing a lot of these true colors of a lot of these people and, you know, with the these guys. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> That's what she said. Man, there it is again. <laughs> uh, you know, these wrestlers are in the spotlight now more than ever before. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but, you know, it's all it all goes back to human decency and you know um cutler said it uh, again he hit the nail on the head when he said he fought for this country for everybody in this country whether you're black white purple yellow gay straight whatever you know for all of us to have these freedoms and you know for anybody to kind of insinuate that you know that's not the case it just it, it sickens me, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm fucking tired of it. But yeah, all, all these wrestlers coming out to show their support is great. Um, I think more of them need to do so. And and like Smitty said, you know, if you are remaining silent, that's almost just as bad as going out and saying something really ignorant. So, um, yeah, 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 man, it's just it's a crazy situation that we're in for sure. Uh, Z. Same question. Uh, um, what was the question? <laughs> You're so high. <laughs> uh, with all of the wrestlers speaking out, regardless of which side that they're on, what are your thoughts and feelings? Are you, are you a little upset that some wrestlers aren't saying anything, aka AJ Styles, uh, or would you prefer they just come out like Jackson Riker and just admit that they're not the greatest person in the world? Uh, <clears throat> well, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would uh, like to hear from AJ, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I guess I would have to know more about the AJ Styles situation and exactly like <clears throat> how, how, how is he racist or is he just pro Trump or, you know what I mean? Like, um, but him staying silent doesn't help clear the clear up <clears throat> any confusion here either. So, right. you know, at least if he took the Jackson Riker approach, like, yeah, <clears throat> all right, <clears throat> we get it. We know where you stand now. Um, so I, I don't really know. And I don't really, um, I don't know. It just, it's a shitty time in America right now. I, but it seems to be making progress. So, you know, that's good. But yeah, it just, uh, you know, surprising to see where people fall. I am, uh, from my personal opinion on all this, uh, which no one really gives a shit about, but that's what we do. We talk. Um, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. You know, when you see people who you obviously have highly respected in the business, uh, not saying anything, because as it's been stated, you know, the more silent you are, the more it seems like you're just with the side that's everyone's against right now. Um, you know, there's people who just, there's walking around with signs and all these protests that silence is violence. Because you're not speaking up on anything, you know. And what's really crazy is Styles is Georgia. Styles is in Georgia and Atlanta, uh, <clears throat> where a lot of this stuff happened. There's a lot of stuff coming out about the police, and it's not. Look, yes, it's Black Lives Matter, but there's a lot of it's it, it's a lot of stuff about police injustice, and it's just the police are just showing themselves in full, uh, hey, we're assholes mode. Uh, currently, because to the point where they pushed on that seventy-five-year-old man who hit his in head Bro- and was bleeding in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, and then um, there was another one where they used a non-lethal round to shoot a homeless guy who was in a wheelchair who couldn't get out of the way because there was no handicap access to the sidewalk, and the guy got shot in the fucking left eye. Um, there's just there's all and and those and I, the reason I use those specific examples is because those are two white guys, right? So. Uh, it's, it started and it has been, and it should mainly be about, uh, the way that po- the police injustices against the African-American community are just at a ridiculous level because it's not, it's not like they have to worry about getting punished really for this. Um, it's not like the none are never punished, but it's rare. It's a small, small, small percentage. So that's where it leads to, but it's then it's shown that it's police brutality, period. We need to fix this system. There needs to be reform. There needs to be better training. I saw someone post a sign that said culinary school is 1,200 hours of training. Police uh, academy is 800. And I'm like, what? That, what? We're, that makes yes, no about sense. A couple months. It's a couple months. Right. And, and, but that's, that, that's the thing is, is it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense uh, why it's a quicker training regimen for people who have to go out and 
who are basically fucking social workers, man. We put so much on them and I understand that it takes a lot, but you're telling people to go out and save lives and you're not really giving them more training. I'm sorry, not, you're giving them, what is it? Fucking two thirds of the training that a chef has in culinary school. Like that doesn't make any sense. So stuff needs to change. And I'm really happy that it's way more people than just a single community because it now leads into, it shows it's a solidarity in the United States. Hell, it's not even just protesting and peaceful protests in areas where are predominantly black. At least I know here in Michigan, hell man, we had a protest out in Sterling Heights, which is a predominantly white neighborhood, a much higher income median going on out there uh, yesterday. You know, so it's it's not just touching areas that are in a specific frame. It is a thing that is touching areas all over. And that's, I agree with Smitty, this should be a time that it seems to give you more hope. Just because those fucking, that, uh, that cop got second degree, and just because those other three cops are now have aiding and abetting second degree murder, aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter, Uh, That doesn't mean it's time to stop though. You know, you have to still keep talking about this because if there's one thing that is uh, evident from what has happened is charges come and go. The convictions rarely come. And so you have to keep speaking out in peaceful, great protests, just like that. Keep speaking out so you can get, we can get past the, just the charges on this and we can move into convictions which is what we need. So that FBI being said, opened, so the FBI also opened a reopened a uh, case on Breonna Taylor as well. Yes. Um, but that's what we need. We need uh, persistence, persistent vigilance. So things can move forward in a great light. Um, and again, we don't condone uh, the riots, the looting and everything, but at the same time, it's not my place to tell you how to protest when you're angry, man. Uh, I don't condone it, but I get it. You know, me personally, I think that's how everyone else feels here. Um, you know, Z made it, put a post on his uh, Facebook that said, sometimes you just got to fuck shit up to get, think, get your point across. I quoted Dr. King when they started breaking out in riots. The riot is the voice of the unheard. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that's just how it is. Okay. Time to get into more arguing. Uh, my best ending. <laughs> The uh, best in-ring wrestlers are what we talked about last week. Uh, I'll give you guys a, a quick rundown. Uh, Shawn Michaels uh, for Joe is Shawn Michaels at number one, AJ Styles, RVD, Eddie Guerrero, Bret Hart at five, Kurt Angle, Kenny Omega, Ric Flair, Owen Hart at nine, and Chris Jericho at 10. I had Kurt Angle at number one, Eddie Guerrero two, Chris Benoit, Ric Flair. Someone even came Smitty. It's Smitty. I was grabbing my list. Yeah, you can hear you. Uh, Shawn Michaels at number six. Tetsuya Naito at number seven. Owen Hart, Kurt Henning, and Daniel Bryan at number 10. Nick has Shawn Michaels at number one. Okay, Smitty, I'm just going to go ahead and mute you because you don't know how to mute yourself. Okay, just give you a heads up. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Bye-bye. Nick has... (laughs) Nick had Shawn Michaels at number one, then Ric Flair, Owen Hart, Chris Benoit, Bret Hart at number five, 
Randy Macho Man Savage, Steve Austin, The Rock at number eight, AJ Styles at number nine, and Jericho at number 10. Smitty with Shawn Michaels at number one, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit at five, Steamboat at six, Jericho, AJ Styles, Randy Savage, and Dean Malenko at number 10. And then Z had Shawn Michaels at number one with Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit at number six, Orton, Owen Hart, William Regal at nine, and Eddie Guerrero at 10. This week, Unlike last week where there, each person had at least somebody in their list that was not on everyone else's list, this week two lists have things that people that are on everyone else's list. Uh, Joe and myself, if there's anyone on our list, it is definitely on someone else's list. So let's get into it. We're going to quickly run through this. There's just four of us th- uh, this week, but we're going to keep going in order uh, as we were just in the snake order, just like we were before. Um, we talked about our honorable mentions. So if you want to go to last week's video, you can check out the honorable mentions. Uh, number eight, nine, and 10 for Joe. He had number 10 for CM Punk, Hulk Hogan at nine, Randy Savage at eight. Uh, for me, and again, this is just mic work, how they are with promos, how they are with the microphone. That's it. Doesn't involve their wrestling. Doesn't involve anything like that. Uh, at number 10, I have Austin. Number nine, I have Jake the Snake Roberts. And at number eight, I have the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, Austin gets a lot of credit for his promo work, and as he should. Um, but I have him at number 10 just for the simple fact that Austin was good, but there's a lot more people who are a lot more innovative with things that happened. Uh, I think Austin was great in his ECW run I, when, they, when they pulled him up after the WCW and they just let him talk. Uh, I thought that's when his promo work definitely started to shine. And of course, as soon as he got into the Stone Cold gimmick in, in WWE, he was spectacular. But the problem with Austin, at least to me, is the minute you put him into something scripted, is he kind of falters. You know, um, the New Day are one of are those guys who combined, you know, I would have, if this was a combination of promo, New Day should have been on there. But it's just single person promos. But the New Day took a gimmick that was just dead to rights, right? Just preachers, uh, you know, religious guys, and turned it into what it is today. And that is taking something that is scripted and making it better and amazing and spectacular. Um, So, yes, Steve Austin's number 10. Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, if you paid attention to any of his promos, it was different. You know, he was always like this, just the the quieter mold, raspier tone. And then HBK, man. I like HBK as a promo guy. I believe that he is one of those who, from the DX things, like they're standing at the podium, we will no longer say ass, shit, you know, just great hilarity to then, you know, also with DX when they came back and they were, him and Triple H were doing the Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon. He's like, I just want to dance. And then he just dance around the ring. You know, HBK can then bring you into an emotional thing like when he was going up against Taker the second time, because it wasn't, it was no longer about, Hey, I think I could beat you. It's I can't, I have to beat you, blah, blah, blah. And stuff that brought you into it that made you give a shit about that arc. Uh, Nick, your bottom three at number 10, you have Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of rock and roller. You also have Jake, the snake Roberts at number nine and the American dream death, the roads at number eight. Tell me why you have your guys where you have them. 
Uh, Jericho, for obvious reasons, um, you know, just the shit that comes out of his mouth from back in the day until now, just he can cut a promo on anything from a wrestler to an inanimate object, such as a fucking drone. Um, the, uh, the list of Jericho, I mean, all of it just, you know, top notch, um, Jake Roberts, you know, he was one of those guys that was, I don't want to say the term <clears throat> cerebral assassin, of course, but, you know, he made you feel like he was almost like a serial killer and in, in a very creepy yet intimidating way, um, you know, with his promos. He didn't have to be loud like a lot of those guys were at the time. He can just talk to you and let you know that he's going to fucking kill you. Um and then Dusty Rhodes, I mean, there's really no explanation needed for Dusty Rhodes. Uh, you know, a lot of people with a lisp like that have these self-conscious issues that they wouldn't put themselves out there, you know, the way that he did. And, and he did it. And he could just go, man. And he could just talk all kinds of shit without being, you know, completely disrespectful. And just you knew that, you know, you really got that. He, what's the word I'm looking for? He, uh you know, he got you on the edge of your seat, you know, he got you paying attention to what he was saying. So, um, captivating. Know, one of the, yeah, captivating one of the top guys to ever do it. All right. Uh, Smitty, you and your number nine and 10 are two people that are not on anyone else's list. You have the Miz at number 10 Raven at number nine and CM Punk at number eight. Explain why you have Miz and Raven uh, as your bottom two of your 10, but why you feel they should be mentioned in a top 10 case. And then, of course, why you have Punk. Okay, so um, Miz made my list because uh, he's always, for me, he's always had decent promos. But then when he was with the, everything he's done with Daniel Bryan, he deserves to be on somebody's list at some point. Um, he's also, he's been one of those guys that makes the make card, like his promos make you pay attention to a make card 100%. Whether he's chasing the IC title as a babyface or as he if he's a heel, uh, Raven made the list because Raven had some like just like pretty much the same reason Jake Roberts makes most people's list. His promos were unique. He took some he took an element something as dark as Edgar Allan Poe's type poetry and use it in the in the style of promos, and um, that and that was like, that was something that always captivated me when it came to uh, Raven when he cut promos, especially in ECW. Uh, and Punk, like, Punk just a uh, pipe bomb. <laughs> he like, he, sh- he always was able to shine in promos. Um, and he was, just, he's, he's really great at what he was great. He was great on the mic. And I don't know why he didn't, he didn't need Heyman because he could, when he, they put him with Heyman, I think it was just trying to get heat on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. Z, uh, your number 10 is also someone that is not on anyone else's list. You have uh, Jesse the Body Ventura at number 10, Kurt <coughs> Angle at number 9, and Chris Jericho at number 8. So, why Ventura uh, is, why does Ventura definitely feel like he should be in the top 10 for you? And of course, Kurt Angle and Chris. All right. So Jesse, the body Ventura was one of the first uh, flamboyant. I I guess I'd say wore a lot of colors, very loud, had the the feather earring. You know, he had a very uh, 
colorful personality and his words on the microphone match his colorful personality so much so that he went from being one of the best uh, wrestlers with a microphone to being the voice of the color commentary for a decade in the WWE. And he was never at a loss for words. And I know that like announcers and managers don't count, but the reason Ventura fell into those spots after was because he was so good on the microphone when he was a wrestler. So therefore I, he should be on a top 10 list. I mean, not very high, obviously that's why I have have him at 10, but I still believe that he's one of the best to ever do it. Uh, then you got, you know, Kurt Angle, who as a face or a heel, and that's, that's one of the things I looked at when I was doing this list. Like, who's the best on the microphone as both? Because some guys are really good at being a heel and some guys are really good at being a face, but can't do the other. And that kind of takes away from it for me, at least. So Angle could do it all. His milk from the milk truck incidents to the tiny little hat and the ukulele. Like he made me laugh, but he knew when to be serious. He was a great bad guy, great good guy. He just all around solid. Um, and then you have Chris Jericho, as Nick talked about, like the dude got the word it over, like the word it over. He got a fucking clipboard over, like he's done a broomstick. He's got, he's, talk shit to vanguard one and that's one of the more recent ones but he's he's just very very good with psychology and how to do it and he's got he's kind of got a formula like i've I've read his books and he's got a kind of got a formula that he uses that's different than everybody else's and it it's been working for you know 20 some odd years so you know all three of these men deserve to be on a list somewhere and it's actually funny because Smitty's eight through ten were my honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> um, now let's move into your five, six, and seven. Your number six is also someone that's not on anyone else's list. You have Jake Roberts at seven, Ted uh, DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, at number six, and you have Dusty Rhodes topping out your top five. Uh, go into why Ted DiBiase is uh, number six for you and why he should have been on other people's lists. And of course you could talk a little bit about Jake Roberts and Dusty. If you um, I don't know why Ted DiBiase isn't on any one of your fucking lists. All right. Uh, <laughs> Ted DiBiase was, uh, how do you, he was such a good heel and he made, and he made you hate him with his words. Like now, as far as when I, when I got into wrestling uh, year, years and years ago, Ted DiBiase was on probably like the decline of his career. He had, you know, taken the spot as kind of like a a manager who wrestles part time. Um, Even even so, like when he he won the title with uh, Andre, and by that I mean buying the title off of Andre. um, Mm -hmm. It it was never his in ring work that that caught me. It was what he would say on the microphone. And with every, he, you know, much like Jericho can go into a room and say about five words and have the, the fans absolutely hate him. But in the same sentence, five more words have them love him. He had, he always had the fans 
at the tip of his tongue. Like he could, he could control a crowd. He knew he, he was very, very, very good on the microphone. Like, uh, absolutely one of the best. Uh, as far as Dusty goes, I mean, there's Dusty is one of the best. Dusty was not only one of the best guys on the microphone, but one of the best teachers. One of the best, you know, like you went to promo school with Dusty Rhodes and he taught you how to get over because he knew how to get over everything that he was given in wrestling, whether it be good or shit or, you know, as Dusty would say, he made chicken uh, salad out of chicken shit. So, polka dots. you know, and he still, and he still talked about today. He's still used as inspiration today. So, you know, of course. And then Jake. Jake, uh, Jake was really good uh, he, as it, again one of those guys that could be face or heel. It didn't matter. He understood. He took a more psychological approach with his words. Like uh, as Nick touched upon, he was in that era. It was just like people were yelling into the microphone, like "Ooh, I'm a big tough guy, and I'm gonna kick your butt." And he just came out and talked real slow and real soft into the microphone. And it was, you know, slightly disturbing, but it made you buy into him as a character. And I, and I mean, look at him still today in AEW. He's one of the best minds of the business. He knows how to you. He knows how to use the microphone to get to help get you over. So you know, mm-hmm. Jake's, you know, again, <clears throat> you know, it, yeah. it is. Uh, All right, Smitty, moving on. Y- y- yeah, Smitty, you're next. Uh, five, six, and seven. You have Stone Cold Steve Austin at seven, Jake the Snake Roberts at six, and Ric Flair at number five. Uh, two of these names uh, are obviously on uh, all of these names are on everyone else's list. Um, but Ric Flair at number five, uh, again, one of the people that's known as one of the best around the world for his mic and his injury work. Uh, why do you have him uh, down at topping out your top five, rounding out your top five? So. Yeah, because honestly, between him and my number four, I kept flip-flopping. Okay. And um, I honestly did flip a coin, and they said, that's who got number five, but who got number four. <laughs> All right. It's serious. Serious stuff. I know you are. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, but Flair, like, honestly, that's, only, that's the only explanation of why he got five over four. Um, but Flair, like you say, he is one of the best, and he's all definitely top five. And let's say, if it weren't for that coin flip, he would be four on my list. Now let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, no, Flair's right. gonna get Flair's gonna get talked about way more in these top threes, probably he, for the rest of you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Austin. You have Austin at number seven. We've obviously mentioned a lot about Jake Roberts. He's your number six, but you have Stone Cold Steve Austin at number seven. So I had Austin there because uh, Austin was had great promos, but Babyface Austin, some of the best stuff he did is when he had props, when he had like a huge truck or a cement. He had something that always like he was probably one of the first guys like I say it was probably the most successful prop guy when it came to promos. Okay. Um, not Paul Bear. Yeah. Oh. We're talking wrestlers, <laughs> not managers. <laughs> oh, good boy, good point. So. Um, and like I say, under like, if you want to bring up guys like that, like Undertaker with the caskets and stuff, still it still wasn't as captivating. It was like the kid, it got you into the character, but it didn't get you into whatever moment, whatever the promo was. 
it was just like his props were Taker's props were more like to endorse a match. Right. Um Austin like Austin like got one word over. He got what over? Probably still one what? of the most annoying chants in professional wrestling today. What? I've had this conversation with uh with my roommate. I said one of the most annoying things we could probably ever get in our lifetime is Daniel Bryan and Stone Cold in the same ring. What? Yes. All right. <laughs> <I guess> it, <laughs> it broke you. It broke you. That's a that's an art of talking. Is it should never break you. If Alexa Bliss was able to flip this uh, what chant around on the audience, man, that's why she was in my honorable mentions. Don't let the what chant break you. Be focused, Smitty. Focused. What? Yes. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're five, six, and seven. Your number seven is somebody that is not on anybody else's list. Um, he was only on one other person's list for in-ring work, and that is Randall Keith Orton. Uh, number six, you have Roddy Piper. At number five, you have Randy Savage. Explain why Randy Orton is on your list for in mic, uh, for your mic workers, and also Roddy Piper at number six and Macho Man. Ooh, yeah, Randy Savage rounding out your top five. Randy Orton for me on, on the mic is almost like a modern day Jake Roberts. Um, and I, I, to a point, I agree with what Z was saying where, you know, um, he looked at the fact that a guy could talk on the mic as a baby face or a heel. So if, if he could do both, and that was really his criteria for making his list. I do agree with that. Um, for Randy Orton, not so much, obviously, on the babyface part of it. We've all talked before how he makes way better heel than he does a babyface. But as a heel, all, all the mic work he does for me just trumps anything he said on the mic as a babyface. It makes me forget all about uh, it. Sir, it's 45s, anything he says. 45s, we don't use that word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't break me. Right. Um, Sorry, what? But yeah, he just and I know you know a lot of things today are are scripted, but he has a way to talk on the mic and be believable and and have that uh, ability to. I don't feel like it's scripted. I feel like it's very meaningful and from the heart. Whether he's talking shit to Beth Phoenix about Edge and. Uh, you know, any any of that. So I just, I think he was definitely worth throwing on the list. Um, Roddy Piper, I mean, one of the most infamous segments in wrestling history, you know, especially back in the day, was his segment in the ring with, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, the dude that blew smoke in his face, and Piper ended up hitting him with the fire extinguisher. Um, thank you. Um, you know, his and son when he got it. He got, <laughs> he got on the mic and, you know, he would go from zero to 60 and bring it back down to zero and just go back and forth in his intensity. And he just, I, I don't know, he, he was just fantastic on the mic. And he, he was, again, very believable that that was his character in the ring and out of the ring. Um, <clears throat> Randy Savage, uh, I mean... He did a lot of yelling, but he did a lot of that 
where he would bring it back down and, and make you think that he was going to just completely dominate you. And then, yeah, and then you know, so it just, it was a matter of him being intense from top to bottom, from loud to soft. And it, <clears throat> I, I just thought he was fantastic. And, um, you know, with Elizabeth, not, um, I was going to say Sherry, when, when he was with Sensational Sherry, the two of them together worked really well. So, yeah. Uh, my five, six, and seven, number seven, I have Roddy Piper, John Cena at number six, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes rounding out my top five. Um, Piper, I agree. Uh, I want, man, I'll be very honest, from Piper up, I had such problems putting people where they were, where they, where they are. Uh, I was, it was, it was in a matter of, you know, we, we were talking about it last week. Uh, these, these lists are, look, you can rattle off anybody for all of these lists, but then you have to rank them. You have to say who's better than who, why they're better than that. And Roddy Piper, obviously one of the best mic workers in, in the entire business. There's a reason um, that he is so thought of that he had his own talk show and things like that. John Cena at number six, you know, again, another guy who just the rapping stuff got caught in the back of a bus. Stephanie McMahon, you can, can you do that on? Cause it saved his job. His promo skills saved his job. He wasn't able to rap like that. And then eventually cut promos the way he does now, uh, or, shortly after his mic work was the only reason that he got to keep his job. And so obviously you have to be really fucking good. Um, and then of course, top five, man, rounding out is the American dream. Dusty Rhodes. That hard times promo will forever be etched in everyone's memory. Um, when you have classic promos like that, it is, it is really hard to say that somebody doesn't belong in a top five when they're cutting promos that are, that good uh joe's five six and seven uh jericho at number seven the rock at number six and five was jake roberts now last week i said the most controversial thing about anyone's list is going to be where i had sean michaels i had sean michaels as uh, number six in the in-ring workers Joe has the rock at number six. Z, which one do you think is more uh, controversial? HBK uh, at number six for in-ring workers or the rock at number six for overall mic workers? Um, HBK, hands down. Bias. Yeah, not only my bias, but it's, it's actual fact. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I, yeah, way more controversial. Because I don't think, I mean, you're also biased with The Rock, I feel. I don't feel that The Rock is, you know, the number one guy. Maybe number, like, you know, top five, but not number one. Um, Also, since I have the microphone right now, anyone who doesn't have Piper at least at number two, your list is trash. (laughs) No. All right, uh, moving up two, three, and four. Joe has Piper at number four. His list is trash. Uh, Dusty Rhodes at number three. 
and Stone Cold Steve Austin at number two. Um, I have at number four, uh, obviously my favorite wrestler of all time, Kurt Angle, uh, Chris Jericho at number three, and Ric Flair at number two. Um, I'll get into it, man. This is the first time Kurt Angle shows up on, you know, second time Z Z had him at number nine. Uh, No one else has him listed at all. And it blows my mind because Kurt Angle is working with Shawn Michaels when he was sexy Kurt. Uh, The promos with, you know, Smitty said it with Austin. He had the beer truck. Kurt Angle came out with a milk truck. Kurt Angle taking on Rey Mysterio when he had the pinstripe fucking uh, onesie on. And he was saying, you're a little boy and I'm a man. And I'm a man that takes care of little boys. I I can't wait to get you on the ground. Just what? Stuff that should never have been said, but Angle made it funny. Angle brought out the three eyes in his first year as a WWE wrestler. And it was right off the bat that you could tell he had a way of speaking and keeping that crowd fucking hated him. He got booed in his hometown his first night out. Vince told him, he's like, you're going to be fine. Kurt's like, they're going to love me, man. He's like, you're going to be fine, pal. And he went out there and he got booed. Then not only that, the stuff that he did in TNA was spectacular. The mic mic work against people like Samoa Joe, the mic time against Jeff Jarrett. Kurt Angle, I think, is really underrated on the microphone from a lot of other people. And I believe that is very evident from what you see on everyone's list he's only touched one other list in this entire uh, of all five of us uh jericho agreed uh z said it best you know when he had him at number eight it's it's fucking ridiculous like he got the word it over he has he got a clipboard over uh and the same clip another clipboard was how the feud started with him and kevin like then moving into aw what he's doing what he's fuck that fuck aw that's now new japan when he first started doing stuff in new japan talking up against Kenny Omega, talking up against uh, Naito and stuff like that. It's just Chris Jericho deserves to be uh, as one known as one of the best people on the microphone. And then, of course, Ric Flair. You know, it's it's Ric Flair. What what can you say? The man has had a long history of nothing but promos, even as an old guy right now. He still gets you hyped up watching him cheer for the University of Michigan, when he's going off about that, you're like, yeah, that's why I'm a Michigan man. Fuck everyone else. You know, it's it's just Ric Flair. Uh, Nick, you're two, three, and four. Number four, Ric Flair. Number three, Hulk Hogan. And number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the highest that Hulk Hogan is on any list, uh, Nick. Why do you think that he's number three? And, of course, number two, Austin, and number four, Flair. Um, Hulk Hogan was really the first wrestler that I was exposed to as a kid. And it was, I I think the promos that he was cutting at a time, like in the early, early, early nineties, like 90, 91, 92, when desert storm was a big thing. He had adults hanging on every word. He had kids hanging on every word. He made me feel like I wanted Sergeant Slaughter to fucking die at WrestleMania 7. Um, You know, I know some of it was a little cheesy, like, you know, take your vitamins. But there's 
certain things about these guys, like, you know, you said Chris Jericho got the word it over Stone Cold with what, but anybody that you say, you, you don't even have to say his name. You just say the word brother and chances are they're going to associate that word with Hulk Hogan. I mean, pretty much anywhere around the world. Um, so I think with that being said and his level of intensity, uh, I just think he deserves to be up there as somebody, I don't want to say that transcended the business as far as promos goes, because he certainly did not. Um, but in that era, I think he, you can't have a list without having them, having him up there. That's just my opinion, but okay. Um, Rick Flair, you know, in hindsight, he definitely should have been higher, I think, than Hulk Hogan. As you know, I know that I said a lot about Hulk, but Rick Flair certainly is somebody that transcended the promo. Um, no matter what that dude has ever said on the mic at in any capacity, on any wrestling promotion, it can be on ESPN. He could be on fucking, you know, the talk with four fucking women at 11 o'clock in the morning you're hanging on every word that that dude is saying. So um, that's why he made it into my top four. And like I said, in hindsight, he probably should be number two, if not number one, but, um, and then stone cold, Steve Austin, I mean, as a guy that's in the ring. Yeah. Okay. A lot of us agree that, you know, the whole what thing can be annoying, but he's another one of those guys where everybody in the crowd stopped to listen to what he said and every single person in the building would pause and say what and he's the only person that would get away with it and have the timing actually correct because he would talk and then the what and and it would just carry on and on and on but when anybody else tries to do it when people are fucking razzing other wrestlers and giving them shit by saying what it, it just doesn't work so what? he he had a way to captivate the crowd. He had a way to pull them in almost like nobody else has. So I, I, I put him at number two. All right. Uh, Smitty, your two, three, and four. Randy Savage at number four. Roddy Piper at number three. And the Ayatollah of rock and roll, a Y2J himself, Chris Jericho at number two. Explain what your uh, – thought process was behind uh, other than the coin flip for Randy Savage at number four. Uh, explain the thought process behind Chris Jericho and Piper at number two and three. Uh, Piper got three tours, Piper's pit. Uh, okay. Like Piper's pit was, it's the original WWE, like in ring talk show. Uh, like you had so many memorable moments, like Piper had memorable moments like smashing a coconut over Jimmy Snooker's head. He even reenacted it, what, almost 12, 12 almost 12, oh, decades later with Rikishi as well. Um, you had the whole setup for WrestleMania 3 in Piper's Pit for, um, Hogan versus, uh, for Hogan versus Andre. And um, it was like, his memories like that and promos like, and just some of the lines that he had, like, uh, just when you think you got the answers, I changed the questions. He was all, uh, it was memorable stuff like that that got him at the number three. Like you mentioned, well, Jericho is at my number two because I mentioned you uh, said earlier, Mikey, about how everywhere he goes, he does something to get himself over, over whether it's on the mic or in the <clears> ring. <throat> um, one of his first views in WWE, he went toe to toe 
on a microphone with The Rock, even during the ECW and in, uh, the invasion, the invasion angle. Him and The Rocks went back and forth as t- they went back and forth as allies as well. The whore and the gore. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's like it's not. It's like just like Jericho in the ring, his character is always evolving, either with his in ring work or his promos. Uh, Jericho, when he did the whole "I'm the best in the world at what I do," he reminded me of Nick Bockwinkle. So um, there was like his pro, like that's why he made <clears> number to like his innovation on a microphone, his his willingness to adapt and do something to try new things and actually make things, get things to work. And that's why he made number two. Okay. Z you're two, three, and four. Number four, you have Ric Flair. Number three, you have the rock. And number two, you have John Cena. Uh, Explain (coughs) your, uh, your thought process into going with your four, three, and two. Um, again, like you mentioned earlier, it was, uh, you write out a bunch of people that are good on the microphone and you kind of just put them where you think they should be. Um, obviously, these three men, all three of them are best in the business on the microphone. Uh, Flair made you want to be a man whore. He made you want to ride in fancy cars and, you know, be with pretty women and that was, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, even as a male in my, you know, younger 20s, I all about it. <laughs> um, then you have uh, The Rock, who is, you know, just such a natural on the microphone. Uh, he did get edged out by Cena because of, the Cena calling him out for the writing on his forearm. Um, but Bullshit, by I way. mean, he just, <clears throat> what well, the, the rock struggled at first. The rock struggled very, very bad, especially on the microphone until one day somebody was like, Hey man, just go out there and be yourself. And from there it took off. So, you know, his, it, yeah, well, his, his promos are, you know, are still talked about today. Even though, you know, it wasn't that long ago, it was still, you know, probably 15, 18 years ago, maybe longer. Um, and then you have John Cena. John Cena is a heel. John Cena is a face. John, you, Mikey said it himself. Like, John Cena's, pro, Cena's promo work uh, saved his job. Not only that, but, like, think about it. Cena is toted as being the best or like one of, if not the best of all time, you know, with the accolades and everything else. And people say he can't wrestle. Well, it, if he's so fucking good on the microphone, he doesn't have to fucking wrestle because he's entertaining as fuck. So he gets the number two spot. All right. Uh, and then obviously with the snake draft, uh, your number one is Roddy Piper, sir. Go ahead. Talk about why I Roddy came Piper here is one. to kick ass and <laughs> chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Uh, as they live. No shit, Smitty. Uh, Piper's uh, Piper. I, I just I idolized Piper when I was a kid. I I would sit there in front of the TV and just be in almost like a trance every time the guy would pick up a microphone. It was amazing, and and, and every time he did, it was amazing. Like from you know. Like Smitty said, busting uh, 
hitting snooker over the head with a pineapple. He just he knew what to Coconut. say. He knew he knew what the fans wanted. Um, part of the reason <clears throat> WrestleMania one and two were so big, and Piper really, I mean, he had a tag match and a boxing match, but he didn't really do much wrestling. But it was him talking about. You know, him being a heel, him making Hogan look like a million dollars and this really good guy while he plays the bad guy like he it was he was ahead of his time as far as promo work, like to the point where people still try to be like him today. Like if there was no Piper, there was no CM Punk pipe bomb. If there's no, you know, he was the first one that's like, you know what, man, go unscripted. Let's see what you can do. And there were. He was one of the first wrestlers that they were like, all right, I just need you to put this over. Here's the dates, da 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 and then say whatever the fuck you want. Every time it came out, it was pure fucking gold. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, like, like I was saying, if Piper's not at least number two on your list, your list is trash. <laughs> Damn. Every one of these lists are trash except for yours. Well, Smitty had them at two. <clears throat> so me, me and Smitty. No, Smitty's right I had them at something. three. Well, Get then your list is trash. <laughs> Your mama's trash. <laughs> hey, she's getting a bucket of water dumped on her head. Calm down. Um, spoiler: almost everyone else has the same person at number one, except, uh, Joe. except Joe. Joe has thanks, me. Joe has Ric Flair at number one. He's not here to talk about that, so we're going to go into what everyone else has as the number one, and that is the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. The people's champion, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I'll start. I'm a huge rock mark. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. I, I've said it right here. Look, uh, the dude made Under Armour clothes. I started buying Under Armour clothes. The uh, dude made uh, fucking movies. I watched damn near every one of them. Still haven't seen Rampage. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, I have, The Rock is what got me into wrestling. Like, I watched it earlier, you know, I, there's pictures of me, you know, with, with uh, Hulk Hogan cutouts as a kid and stuff. I've watched wrestling my entire life, but I didn't watch wrestling until The Rock. Um, the way he talked, the way he turned things around. And in an era at, at a time where there were no scripts, you know, uh, it was, yeah, bullet points. You go out, you make your bullet points. The Rock was getting things over. Fuck, man. I think my favorite Rock promo is the one with him and Lillian Garcia where he brings up the people strudel and he says, you want to be real miss Lillian Roxia. And then she, uh, he goes, just admit it, Lillian. And she's trying to be all professional and shit. And then she, he goes, you know, you want some of the people strudel. And she goes more than anything in the world, rock. And he grabs the microphone. And he goes, a little professionalism, Lillian, Lillian. Shh, shh, shh. Just spectacular promo top to bottom. Smitty said it himself. There are times where he went with Jericho. There were times he went against Jericho. Another one of the greatest on the microphone. Um, The promo against NWO when Hogan went in for the picture. And then he goes, can't believe my kid loves this guy. Well, can't believe your kid killed somebody either. But still, so many things to talk about. So The Rock didn't went and hit everybody's uh, gimmick. He's like, you, Reza Ramon, Chico, you, take that camera. Shine it up real nice. And then you, give it to your friend. Big Papa, Big Daddy, Cool Diesel. You turn that sideways, and you give it to Hogan. Say your prayers. Take your take your vitamins. Say your prayers and shove it straight up all your candy. At. The Rock got everything over. Smack. There is a show 
on WWE television called SmackDown. They took The Rock's catchphrase and it became a show. Uh, his move was so popular. It was a dub, it was a named a WWE pay-per-view. It, it was in your house, rock bottom. The Rock, his charisma. We could talk about Piper. I love Piper. We could talk about Flair. We could talk about Jericho. We could talk about all of them. But the bottom line is when the rock out, even when he came back with the fucking shit on his forearm, which is like his only flow. The Rock jumped sales of Fruity Pebbles cereal because he shit-talked the colors of fucking Cena's wardrobe. You're coming out in red. You got your purple. You got your look like a box of Fruity Pebbles. Fucking Fruity Pebbles started flying off the show. You may have called him a yabba-dabba bitch. To the the point where John Cena then became a mascot for Fruity Pebbles. and You saw him plastered on it. The Rock transcends the business more than anyone else. And that is why I have him at number one. Because while we can talk about all of the guys in the top 10, the guys in the top 10 are top 10 in the business where you have The Rock who went and took it out of the business and got things out of the business while being in the business over. And you haven't really been able to do that outside of The Rock. Cena might be one of the closest, you know? But again, I just think Rock is number one. Uh, Smitty, why do you have Rocket number one? Uh, remember, like promos, great memorable moments. He's right, like just like Piper, he has so many of them. Like, uh, picking on Michael Cole, this is one of my, this is one of, the, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Whenever the Rock would pick on Michael Cole or Coach, yeah. or whatever Rock picked on Co- Jonathan Coachman, it was like it was comedy gold. Um, let's see, the Poon Tang, like Poon Tang Pie, is still one of my favorites. <laughs> Uh, I think it's all of our favorites. Poon Tang Pie. Uh, <laughs> the moment he had with Buster Rhymes on SmackDown. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking like in real life, like Poon Tang Pie? You're not for the people's strudel. You're for the Poon Tang Pie. You're not gay. Yeah. Surprise, right? Yeah, you are gay? Well, oh, I fucking knew you were gay. <laughs> but oh, yeah. So the Poon Tang. Um. Like when he came back and rock bottom Michael Cole, Michael Cole was on his little heel run. And yep. when he was in when he was in uh when he was uh in Miami and he had the uh bosses of the shirt, he goes, Go eat, bitch, and just hits him <laughs> with the rock bottom. Um yeah. Yeah, it's, um it's, well, sometimes when the rock was I feel like the rock at times was a bully on the mic, but he didn't make it seem like he was being a bully on the mic, like when he buried Billy Gunn after King of the Ring. My name's Bill. It doesn't matter what your name is. Oh, um, uh, Bob. <laughs> so I think he was. So he he's kind of like the stand, like for myself. He's like the standard, and maybe just maybe it's my age. Maybe it's just what he's like. Nick, him and Hogan were like the standard bearers of like Mike work. Me of me coming up watching wrestling. Those two guys. But then uh, you Piper, didn't even like, have Hogan on your list. Yeah, Hogan's not on my list because like Hogan, like if, like when you said had to start ranking them. Uh, I was like Hogan, even though he was iconic in some of his promos, his promos kind of felt like all the same to me when you when I went back and started watching them. A lot of it felt the same. I, I, not to go on off on a sidecast, but that's why he fell off. He fell off the, the my list when the, for the NWO stuff because when you're still cutting the you weren't evolving, you were still cutting the same type of promo, even when it's a brand new direction and era for you. You know, we talked. Z even talked about it. he's like when you're facing when you're heel. That plays a part. Hogan, when he went, he was like, 
first fucking thing he did when Mean Gene brought him to my. Let me tell you something, brother. You know, like all these fans can suck it. Yeah, yeah. It was basically still the same thing he was saying, just angrier. So I get it. But go continue about Rock. But um, <clears throat> he was just kind of like the standard torchbearer when it comes to cutting promos for anybody in the twenty uh, first century at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's why I get- uh, Nick. Oh, sorry. I say that's why he's my number one. Right. Nick, why is Dwayne The Rock Johnson your number one? I mean, shit. Everything you guys just said. Um, you had there was a time period. The The Rock every single week for God knows how fucking long was just cutting the best promo and then the next week he was cutting a better promo and then a better promo and it just never ended um he you know all these different catchphrases from you know the rudy poo and uh candy ass and you know you said to yourself there's a fucking show a wrestling show that smackdown that came from him um it's actually in the fucking dictionary now too smackdown became a word in the dictionary because of the rock. You know, it's things like that, that you said, you know, he transcended the idea of a promo and creating these catchphrases. And again, captivating the audience, even to this day, if he comes on the mic, you're stopping what you're going to, what you're doing and you're going to listen to what he's saying. So um, I don't need to go into a whole lot of it because you guys hit, you know, every point but that's just the thing is that there's so many points to hit it never ends you know so all right uh so that is our list of our top 10 mic workers um now we're going to get into our picks for nxt takeover in your house um before we get into the picks uh Smitty, how are you feeling about tonight's pay-per-view? Are you looking forward to it? No? Okay. Uh, Nick, how are you feeling about tonight's (laughs) pay-per-view? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, I am. Um, I I haven't really been keeping up on NXT that much up until like the last two weeks. Um, But I think it's going to be – I think it will be pretty entertaining. I am excited to watch it. Because NXT is, uh, even if I don't fucking pay attention to NXT for months on end, I'm still super impressed by the pay-per-view. I don't even need to be invested in the storylines to enjoy it. So, All right. Uh, Z, how are you? Uh, <clears throat> are you excited for tonight's pay-per-view? I didn't realize how good this card was until I started filling out my scorecard like five minutes before the show. Um, there's a lot, there's no, there's no, but there's a lot going on and a lot of it's kind of, everything's got a solid storyline. So you have Ciampa and Cross, and then you have Balor and Priest. Both of those have really good stories behind them going into tonight on top of having what's going on with Gargano and Candice and Mia Yim and Keith Lee that follows right along with the storyline they're going there. And then you have, you know, Dream and Cole, which basically writes itself, but again, still following storyline. So 
NXT right now is doing a really good to- really good job of doing like a slow build um storyline kind of matchups that like I, I looked at every one of these matches and from watching the previous weeks like I'm invested in each one of these matches because of the stories being told throughout the card today. And it's crazy because this is actually one of the uh, bigger takeover cards, which is to, to say bigger. It's six matches when they normally only have five. Six matches and the tag titles aren't even being defended on this card, which is a rarity because normally you get a couple stories and then the four title, the four titles are being fought for. The NXT, the NXT Women's, the NXT North American, and the NXT Tag Titles. And you only have the North American, the NXT Women's, and the NXT Championship up on this and then there is two other matches that are happening that is champa and cross and the six women ta- i'm sorry uh three other matches that are happening i apologize the champa and cross the six women tag team and balor and damian priest so this should be a really good one we're going to get into it now um i will start then nick then z then smitty obviously smitty is the current ring crew champion so he gets to go last with his picks uh, I don't know how he thinks he's a champion. He only has a picture of a belt. He doesn't even have a real belt. Uh, it's weird. He probably has uh, ring crew suspenders or something, using that to hold his pants up. Fucking idiot. All right. Balor versus Priest. Uh, I have Finn Balor. I think he's winning by pinfall. Yes, I think the match will be over 15 minutes, and I think there will only be three finishers. Nick. Um, I actually had the same exact thing. Finn Balor by pinfall. Yes, over 15 minutes and three finishers. Stop stealing my shit, Nick. Uh, Z, what do you got for Balor versus Priest? I have uh, Balor by pinfall with two finishers. And yes, the match will be over 15 minutes. All right. And champ. Uh, You guys had what I had already. I had Balor winning. By pinfall with three finishers. Well, the and, the match match over 15, and the match being over 15 minutes. So three of us have the exact same fucking call for this fucking match. That's pretty that's different. Uh the numbers usually fluctuate a little bit more than that. Uh up next is the sixth woman tag team match. And again, before we keep going, pro scorecards.com. You guys go there. You could sign up for the free digital beta and get involved with all of the fucking people doing scorecards right now. It's fun. You get to see how you stack up against other people. Lord knows that's what everyone should want to see at all times. Um, There's currently... 113. Thank you. 113 people doing the NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, I wasn't able to scroll fast enough to me. I forgot where it was at. Uh, Okay, six women tag team. Nick, you're leading this one off. I'm coming. <clears throat> Ew. <laughs> I've got Candice, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and, uh, and Gonzalez. Dakota Kai is going to make the fall. Shotzi is going to take the fall. Five aerial moves and uh, and a pinfall. You really want Shotzi to take that fall, don't you? I do. Uh, well, on many different levels. <laughs> Z. <clears throat> I have uh, Team LeRae winning. By uh, Candice making the fall, Mia Yim taking the fall, six aerial moves, and the finish will be a pinfall. Uh, I have Mia Yim, Shotsky Blackheart, and Tegan Knox winning. 
Uh, I have Mia Yim making the fall. I have Raquel Gonzalez taking the fall. Nine aerial moves, and it will be also by pinfall. Hey, you want to know why I didn't pick um, Tegan Knox's uh, team to win? Because she reminds you of your ex-girlfriend? No, not at all. <laughs> because uh, I happen to have a Tegan Knox shirt covered in puke downstairs, and I figured it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, Smitty, what do you got? I have Mia Yam, Shotzi, and Tegan Knox winning. Tegan Knox pins on Dakota Kai. Seven aerial moves by pinfall. All right. Up next, Tomasa Champa versus Karrion Cross with Scarlet by his side. Z, you're leading this one off. I got Cross by pinfall with three near falls, two doomsdays, Santos. Saitos. Saitos. What Saitos. <laughs> well, okay, what does that even mean? What is a Saito? That's the name of his uh, German suplex. The one that grabs you and flips you over. That's it's one of those. I didn't know if there was like a translation. All right, so two of those. <laughs> um, and no, there will not be a fight before or after. All right. Uh, I'm next. I have. Killer Cross winning to Karrion Cross, uh, beating Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, pinfall is how I he's going to finish it. Five near falls, two Doomsday Saitos, and fuck yeah, there's going to be a fight before or after the match. Nick, Konik19, who you got? I also have Killer Karrion Cross by pinfall, six near falls. Whoa, 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 whoa. Way too many K's <laughs> for the name that you just gave that guy. <laughs> let's <laughs> run. Yeah, let's uh, just just carry it's fine. Killer or carry it, you know. Um, <laughs> at least then it's cock if you have the or in between it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, three. <laughs> Three Doomsday Salsalitos and uh, <laughs> there will not be a, a fight. Oh. All right. uh, Smitty, what do you got for this match? Uh, I have Karrion Cross winning by submission, actually. Five I'm near falls. No, fuck that nigga. Um... <laughs> Wait, submission? Yeah. All right. Um, five near falls and three doomsday saitos. And guess what fight before after the match? All right. Up next is the first of three championship matches. The North American Championship is being defended by Keith Lee against Johnny, the heart of NXT Gargano. Or the no soul, all the heart, no soul. Um, this is my this is mine to lead off. I have Johnny Gargano winning by pinfall, uh, four aerial moves, match time of eighteen minutes, and yes to Candice LeRae or Mia Yim being at ringside. Nick, what you got for the North American title match? 
I've got Keith Lee by Pinfall. Keith uh, four, Lee? Four aerial moves, 16-minute match. And yes to Mia LeRae and Candice Yim. <laughs> Z. Uh, hey, yeah, so me and Mikey basically have the same pick, picks. I have uh, Gargano by pinfall with five aerial moves, 18-minute oh. match time, and yes, uh, one or both of them being at ringside. All right, Smith Kishi, what you got? Um, I've got Keith Lee winning by pinfall, five aerial moves, a 22-match time limit, 22-minute minute t- match time, and okay. uh, yes to Larrea. Yeah. All right. Up next, the backlot brawl for the NXT championship. If Velveteen Dream loses, he can never challenge for the NXT title again as long as Adam Cole is holding that belt. So Adam Cole defending with the Undisputed Era against Velveteen Dream. Nick, lead it off, buddy. All right. Well, I've got Velveteen Dream going over by pinfall. Uh, 10 near falls, 26-minute match time. Yes to the Undisputed Era interference. Um, a wrestler will not bleed. And yes, there will be vehicles driven. All right. Z. <clears throat> I have the Vaseline dream. Winning by pinfall. <laughs> uh, seven near falls. <laughs> Twenty-five oh, minute match time. Yes, uh, error will interfere. Yes, wrestler will bleed. Yes, vehicles will be driven. Uh, so, if if the dream is the one driving the vehicle, would that make him a Stone Temple vi- pilot? Ooh, since he's the v- Vaseline dream. <laughs> <laughs> um i also have velveteen dream going over adam cole for the nxt championship by pinfall seven near falls 21 minute match time yes the undisputed era will interfere no a wrestler will not bleed yes a vehicle will be driven smith griddle what you got I have Velveteen Dream winning the uh, championship by pinfall, eight near falls, 26 minute, 26 minute match time. Yes to the interference by the Undisputed Era, no to a wrestler bleeding, and yes, a vehicle will be driven. All right. Uh, lastly, and we say lastly because there's no unscheduled appearances, there is no tables, uh, just just matches on this one. If there's anything that the people at Pro Wrestling Scorecards learned was while wrestlers are as your, are your audience, stop using unscheduled appearances because it's fucking impossible to realize who's all in that ring in, in around the ring because they all count as an unscheduled appearance. So, Triple Threat Women's Championship match, NXT Women's Championship match, Charlotte Flair defending the NXT Women's title against the Eye of the Sky, Io Shirai, and Rhea Ripley. Z, you're leading this one off. <clears throat> All right, so I have Charlotte Flair winning by pinfall. Uh, Shirai will take the fall. Six aerial moves, two submission rope breaks, and yes, weapons will be used. All right. Um, I have Charlotte Flair winning as well, uh, though I'm going with a submission uh, over Io Shirai as well. 
Uh, seven is my aerial moves. Three submission rope breaks. And yes, a weapon will be used. Welcome back to the face of the podcast, Z. Uh, Nick, who you got? I have Yo Shirai going over here by pinfall. Uh, Rhea Ripley really? going to take the fall. <clears throat> Seven aerial moves. I was kind of confused at the fact that they have submission rope breaks because it's a triple threat, so there really shouldn't be a submission rope break. Rope, rope breaks are still a thing in a triple threat. There's just uh, you no can't be DQ'd out. for right. Okay. Yeah, you, can't be, okay. you don't have five seconds to let it go. You can let it that's go. Where, that's where I was thinking. Okay, that's right. Well, I put one. Um, okay. And then no, no weapons used. All right. And finally, Smitty. I have Charlotte Flair winning by submission. Yes, sure. I takes the fall. I also have seven aerial moves, four submission rope breaks. And yes, the weapons will be used because they've been using the hell out of that Kindle stick lately. Smitty, we basically have the same card, so ever it's us versus everyone, I guess, on this fucking thing. We're just taking that belt right back from me. I mean, not taking it back. I still have it. <laughs> COVID, bitch. All right, Daniel, <laughs> I, I have a suggestion. You should do extra points for uh, uh, picking when the match will happen. So all these six matches, you have to pick the order of the match, and for every match you get right, you get an extra point. I have been fuck. He texted me, and he was like, "Hey, I need some. Like, do you have any idea for extras? I'm gonna pull it up." Um, he goes, uh, "Any extra ideas for in your house?" I and I told I've been telling him because uh, when the TNT Championship uh, was being announced, I was like, "Dude, you. Sh- if I would have thought this earlier for the AW card, you should have had." For the Cody match, uh, there's going to be a poll on Twitter. What do you think of the TNT Championship? Looks great. Looks like shit. I go, whoever, you know, whatever the poll overall is, and whatever you picked on your card, that's three extra points. I go, I wish you could do something with the poll for that. I go, I'm still going to push for match placement extra forever till it happens. That also doesn't have to be every match. But I agree. Like, yeah, no, you just go down the side and you number them one through whatever. And if yeah, you happen like, to get it right, you get an extra point. If you nail the you card, get, you get, in this case, you get six extra points. Yeah, I, and that's what I would, I would do. I would like three points. It's no plus or minus. Uh, but the extra is if you hit all of them perfectly, you get an extra 10 points on your card. Uh, yeah, I fucking have said I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, how how many times have we based our picks off of assuming the card order is the order laid out on it because there's a couple of different things like uh money in the bank and stuff like that depending on where stuff falls i would pick differently you know what i mean right like if i knew that the casino ladder match was kicking off the aw double or nothing pay-per-view i would not have put mjf as the uh especially the unannounced person I would have been like, yeah, oh, same okay, here. MJF has a match later, so I, I'm going to pick some. I mean, I ended up picking Brian Cage as an extra because I, that was like my fallback. Um, but still, I would not have picked MJF as the unscheduled appearance, uh, the unscheduled person in that match. But yeah, I agree. I am all for that shit. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's fucking it for us. We're fucking done. Be safe. Be healthy. Remember, COVID-19 is not gone just because it's not the top fucking story in the news right now. Still be safe. Please be out there. If you're going to protest, 
please try and do it peacefully. But again, it's not our place to tell you how to protest. Hopefully you're agreeing that there's change coming in this world and it's changed for the better. And we can all be happy about that. So with that, go to breakingdownthering.com. Remember our brand new pride shirt, 30% of the cost that you pay for that shirt goes to help support the LGBTQ youth and help them in growing up with what many people are bashing them for, which they shouldn't. Your life is your life. Your partner is your partner. Doesn't matter if it's man, woman, trans, anything. You are who you are. You are a great person as long as you're making sure that this world is moving forward for the positive. Check it out, breakingdownthering.com. You can also follow all of our social media on that. And we are your ring crew. The champs, Smitty. Konek 19. Mm, just a plain white Z. And me, the all Mikey one, Mikey himself. Thank you again so much for watching and listening. And we are out.